We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Thank you for your presence today. What would it be like to turn away from the only true and living God, the one who gave his only begotten son, the one who knew he would be born in, the one who allows us to live, move, and have our being even before we submit our lives to him, then turn away from him, abandon our faith, and disown him. We should shudder at the very thought of such an atrocity. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander warns us against the dangers of looking back. distraction and hear what the Spirit of God has to say through the Word of God. Anoint me now. I can't do a thing without you. And oh, I need you now, Jesus, to preach through your servant. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Turn with us to the book of Jude. We're in verses 13 through 15. The book is located just prior to the book of Revelation. Book of Jude, verses 13, 14, and 15, we'll be addressing these particular verses. As to say, we're going to be referencing a number of scriptures. And we're Maranatha Bible Church because we are to let the Bible be the final authority in life and practice to the glory of God. The scripture says in Jude, verse 13, Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach the subject, the characteristics of corrupt and condemned apostates. We want to preach from the subject, the characteristics of corrupt and condemned apostates. Uh, in this particular book, the book of Jude, uh, he writes to believers in his day to ensure that they would not be seduced and led astray uh, the, the subductive of gender of apostate teachers who had crept into the church unnoticed. Jude gives here clear 
concise descriptions of apostates and false teachers and prophets and pastors and evangelists and people who come into church looking like sheep, but underneath they are wolves in sheep clothing. And Jude addresses this critical issue so that the sheep of the church of God would not be caught unawares as it relates to those who desire to to strip away or undermine the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he also put notice on them that they will not be able to escape the imminent and inescapable destiny of uh, of their doom uh, to judgment. Look with us, if you will, to at, uh, at uh, verse 13. It says, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Look at the expression there, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame. This particular expression compares the, the apostate teachers to the raging waves of the sea. During a storm, waves can be quite impressive, but after the storm... On the seashore, it is literally filled with unsightly waste and debris that the waves wash ashore after storms. Apostate teachers are likened to raging waves of the sea in that they speak great swelling words with their mouths only to leave those who embrace their damnable teaching with with a rubbish of confusion, lies, a waste of God's given precious time as well as spiritual regression. What false teachers teach uh, brings shame on the name of Christ and his church. Like useless debris on the seashore, students of false teachers are left with their lives filled with hopelessness, with instability, as well as emptiness. Isaiah 57, 20 through 21 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked false teachers. When their teachings are embraced, they uh, they uh, have a false sense of peace about them. And those who embrace their teaching will have a false sense of peace. Uh, they leave uh, the people that embrace their teaching with a sense of hopelessness, blasted hopes, and shattered dreams. Verse 13 said, wandering stars. Say wandering stars. Jude was not referring here to stars that have a fixed position in the galaxy, but rather falling stars, meteors, and shooting stars that flash across the darkened sky, and all of a sudden, it it disappears. And apostates enter the church under the guise of spirituality, leaving those they teach misdirected, leaving them aimless as well as deceived. You see, my friend, the doctrine of apostate teachers and preachers does not ground and stabilize saints in the truth of God's word, but rather cause them to stray from the path of righteousness and causes them to become unstable and deviate from the doctrine of God as well as godly conduct. Jude warns believers in his day that we must beware. And just because a book has Jesus on it does not necessarily mean it's of God. Just because a person says, I'm a reverend so-and-so, a pastor so-and-so, and because they wear a big cross around their neck and a big two-ton Bible does not necessarily mean that they are of God. 
Amen. We have apostates everywhere. And uh, the church, for the most part, is in a mess because you have leadership in the church that have gone uh, uh, secular and been so culturized by the culture until the standards are, are down and transformation is not happening in the body of Christ because the church is looking so much like the world instead of the church getting the world to look more like Jesus through conversion. Amen. It says here in verse 13, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. See that expression? Not only did God reserve chains for rebellious angels in Jude 6, he also reserved the blackness of darkness forever, the apostate teachers and shepherds, for the shepherds who are not of God. Eternal judgment and torment awaits apostate teachers, pastors, and evangelists whose aim and purpose is to wreak havoc in the Lord's church. Second Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 9 says, For if God did not spare the angels who sin, but cast them down to hell, say hell. Hell is real. And if you don't believe in a literal hell, you're in, you in bad shape. And deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. There were some angels that were so diabolical and fiendish and damnable to God banish them to hell and put them into chains. They were just that bad. Reserved for the day of judgment. Verse 9 says the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Verse 14, now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. In Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 and 24, uh, Enoch, who was the seventh generation from Adam, a righteous man who walked with God and went to heaven without dying, prophesied that the Lord would come and judge false teachers, unjust and wicked men accompanied by 10,000 of his saints. Look at Genesis chapter 5. It's the first book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. When you finally say amen, that was kind of weak. You're still turning. Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. It says, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300, 300 years and had sons and daughters. Verse 23. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. Isn't that awesome? You know, in the midst of his culture, Enoch lived in an evil day. It was a wicked day. But the scripture says, and in spite of all that wickedness and, and all, that, all of the, the diabolical things that were happening in his day, the scripture says, Enoch walked with God. And look what it says. And he was not, for God took him. Enoch has such a deep communion with God, a love for God, a reverential fear for God, a heart for God focused on the Lord until God took so much delight in Enoch that he did not let Enoch see death, but took him from earth to heaven without seeing death. Now, you know, that's awesome. Amen. I love you so much, Enoch, that I will not let you see death. Instead, I will take you to be with me because of your faithfulness and your love. Let me tell you something. If Enoch walked with God in his day, we can walk with God in our day. It matters not the culture, the television, the media, or what's going on in our society. If you have, if you have a made up mind to walk with God, 
If you stay faithful to his word, faithful in prayer, faithful in listening to the spirit of God, it is highly possible in times like these where the world is going to hell in a handbasket, it is possible for you, my friend, to walk with God. It is possible for you, daddy, and for you, mother, and for you, children, to walk with God in these perilous days where morality is at an all-time low. You can walk with God holding your standards high and not bowing down to the culture. The world in which we now live is undeniable evidence that there is a continual turning away from God. The world has lost God's protection. Yet in the midst of so much of this turning away, God continues to bless his children. Just consider those who appear to have everything lose all that they have, including their lives, because they have chosen to follow their own path instead of the path God chose for them. The tragedies among them is innumerable and continual. We must take heed lest we fall. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Repeat, it. Repeat that after me. That he, that he pleased God. God. Is that your testimony? When is the last time you prayed, Lord, help me to please you? To please you with my eyes with what I see. To please you with my hands with what I do with them. To please you with my feet with where I go. To please you with my mind with what I think. To please you, oh God. The scripture says that Enoch pleased God. And that ought to be your heart's desire. And you can't please God doing everything folk asking you to do. You got to have your own mind for Christ. You have to have the mind of Christ, believing the words of Christ, and then living them out to the glory of God. Uh, look at 14b. It says, uh, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. The word ten thousands means thousands multiplied by thousands. It means it's a, it's a whole lot of them. Multitudes, myriads, and an unlimited number. According to Revelation 19, 11 through 15a, it says, when the Lord comes to judge the world in righteousness, he will come with his saints. We'll be elaborating on that as we are preaching through the book of Revelation. God is coming, and he's coming with the armies of heaven, and we shall follow him because we are with him. Verse 15 says, look at verse 15, to execute judgment on all. To convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. In this verse, my friends, the Lord is coming to execute judgment on the harsh words and evil deeds of apostates and on all wicked men, women, and children. No one will escape the imminent judgment of almighty God. No one, those who have rebelled against God, blasphemed God, could care less about God, will one day answer to God and then be damned and banished to the lake of fire. How do we summarize these verses to see what God uh, wants us to hear from this passage? Number one, I want to give you the identifying characteristics of apostate teachers, pastors, and evangelists. I want to give you identifying characteristics where you can spot a phony. Well, you can spot a hypocrite. 
A lot of folk are being duped. They're in churches that believe everything. You know, they are ordaining homosexual uh, preachers and pastors to the clergy. You got folk that are greedy for filthy lucre in the church. You got people cussing in the pulpit. You got folk being dictatorial and laying down the hammer in the pulpit and beating folk and, and, and just berating people. Instead of coming here and getting healed and getting blessed, you leave here beat up and battered and you feel like you've been abused. So much is going on. That is an affront to God in the name of God. So let me give you some identifying characteristics so you and your family won't be swept away. Listen, it is too late in the evening. The devil is too busy. The world is too dangerous for you to be sitting under somebody that's leading your whole family to hell. It's, it, it really, I mean, when you, when you come and put yourself on the authority of a pastor and the leadership of that church, that's a big decision. That's a big decision because your your theology is being shaped. Your spirituality is being shaped. Um, and it, it is all the difference in spiritual regression or progression. And, and you want to make doggone sure that you are in a place where you can be nurtured, loved, grow, accountable, being accountable. And, and so that you can serve to the maximum of your potential to the glory of God. Amen. So how do you spot hypocrites and phonies and liars and wolves in sheep clothing? A, they do not live what they teach or preach. They do not live what they teach or preach. I mean, if you're not going to live it, you ought to stop teaching it. You ought to stop preaching it. Romans 2, 21 says, you therefore who teach another, do you teach yourself? Every preacher ought to be pre- preaching to himself. You know, when I prepare for you the messages, do you realize I'm so shot up full of holes and so stepped on? The word of God has gotten such a hold on me until I, I-, I can't wait to unleash it on you so you can get some of what I got. <laughs> Amen. And you ought to want, when the word doesn't convict you, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't affect you, doesn't challenge you. I, deli- I doubt the validity of that word that's going forth because the word ought to challenge you and you ought to want to be changed. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want no Kool-Aid in here. You, 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 you want, you want the real stuff. Amen. It's enough sweets out there. You need some meat to the glory of God. It says you who, you therefore who teach another, do you teach yourself? You, you, you who preach that man should not steal, do you steal? You who say you ought not be lying, are you lying? You who say you ought not be running around with folk who are not your husbands and wives, do, are you a one woman's man? And so forth and so on. And so many, uh, uh, they, their lives are so raggedy until that speak much louder than the words that they say. B. Another identifying characteristic of false teachers is that they profess to know God, but they deny him in words. Uh, Luke 646 says, but why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? Listen, God is not concerned about how high you jump. He's concerned about how you walk when you land. You can say hallelujah, praise the Lord. You can shout, roll over the floor, speak in tongues, do all that stuff. And God say, get yourself up and sit yourself down because you embarrassed my name. 
Amen. God is, you know, oh, I shouted today and I was emotional. Listen, the devil can outshout you. Did you not know the devil can? The devil knows how to scream. You know, and, and just because you do that, it, it doesn't mean you holy. Main one dancing need to be uh, saved many times. So, so the devil can outdo all of that. Uh, Titus chapter 1 verse 16 says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable, that's woefully sinful, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. There are many in the leadership of the church. There are many behind pulpits are actually disqualified. Really, they disqualified, don't even know they disqualified. Fired by God and don't even know they've been fired by God. Now, it's bad to be fired and don't know you're fired. I mean, just any, living any kind of way, acting any kind of way. No reverential uh, fear about themselves. No, no, no holiness can be found in them. And, uh, and, 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 and if you want to test, if you want to know the spirituality of a church, look at what's coming from the pulpit. A strong pulpit, strong church. Weak pulpit, weak church. The person that, who, who's preaching, lost pulpit, lost church. Carnal pulpit, carnal church. Holy pulpit, holy church. That's right. Holy church. And that's what, you ought to check me out and check me out real good because I'm checking you out too. Do you not know uh, why I preach so hard? Because I'm responsible for every sermon I preach to you. And that is all. I'm responsible to God and I have to answer to God for every sermon I preach to you. Why don't you say amen? Don't you want me to be responsible to God? Well, come on, come on, say amen real loud. Don't you want me to answer to God? Huh? Say, say amen, Pastor Draper. But I got news for you. You keep saying amen. You are responsible for every sermon you hear. Why don't you say amen? Amen me. <laughs> every sermon that you hear you are responsible to God for what you do with it. You apply it to your life and grow. Praise God. And God blesses you. You take it and walk out of here and don't apply one point of it. You're going to answer to God for that too. And some folks say, well, that's why I'm after because I'm, I didn't hear. Let me tell you something. Ignorance of God's law is no excuse. You, the, the sign say 30 miles an hour and you say you didn't see the sign and you didn't know the sign was there. I was, you gonna plead ignorance? He keep on writing. He want to make sure you don't forget because ignorance of the law is no excuse. Why don't you say amen? They profess to know God, but they deny him in works. Profession, a said faith without a live faith. See, they have no reverential fear of God. No reverential fear of God. I mean, we live in a day where people do anything in church. They fight in church. They plot in church. People conspire in church. Play games in church. Manipulate in church. A hidden agenda in church. These pastors, they were in the church with a hidden agenda. Listen, you, don't, you ought not come here. Your only agenda when you come to God is to experience God so that you can be more like him. You don't, you don't come in here to write notes. You don't come in here to play with babies. You don't come in here and chew gum. Now, don't swallow it if you chew. You don't come in here to... You're not here for entertainment. You're not here for, for thrills, bells, and whistles. 
This is the only way I preach because if I got to stand on my head today, what do I have to do tomorrow? I got to walk on those shelves tomorrow and next day I got to swing from those lights because I, 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 it takes more and more and more. That's why I stand tall and flat-footed and I preach and if this is not good enough, you need to go where you can get some entertainment because that's not going to be here. You, you, you have too many issues in your life that needs to be addressed for me to be playing with you. Some of y'all got problems that you need to address. Hell's breaking out with the children. All kinds of things are happening. You don't need nobody playing and tinkering around with you. Look, you're fearing God. Folk fighting in the church, cussing in the church, lying in the church, gossiping in the church, backbiting in the church, throwing rocks and hiding their hand in the church, all this stuff. And you leave out here worse than you came because your heart wasn't right in the first place. Nehemiah chapter five, verse nine says, then I said, what are you doing? What you are doing is not good, says Nehemiah. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations of our enemies? Walk in the fear of God so that the, so that you can even be an example to a, an own looking world. And where is the fear of God in the house of God? A D, another characteristic of, of, of false teachers, pastors, members, and so forth. They are filled with pride, which results in shame. They are filled with pride, which results in shame. Uh, Proverbs 11, chapter 11, verse 2a says, when pride comes, then comes shame. Do you realize if you don't deal with the issue of your pride, your pride will shame you. Shame. Shame is a result of not uh, dealing with the issue of pride and keeping it in check. Your pride, if left unchecked, can shame you to no end. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah 23, 40 says, and I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame. Say a perpetual shame. Which shall not be forgotten. Sometimes people are so ugly to God and, and, and wreak so much havoc in the Lord's church. And they're so beside themselves and can't nobody tell them nothing. And they don't want to hear correction and don't want to hear truth. And they're just callous and rebellious in their spirit. You know what God does? God will knock them down in such a way that they will have a shame on them the rest of their lives. A public shame and a lasting shame that they will have to live with the balance of their days. We must study, meditate and obey the word of God daily, lest we fall. The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.